This podcast is brought to you by KT, the organic cold brew iced tea, which you can find in select UK retail stores and their website kt.co.uk, spelt k-a-y-t-e-a.co.uk. Hi, I'm Uzube Upadike, your host on Crowncast, and today for another episode, we've got the amazing Jia Hongxiao with us. Hi. Hi, Uzube. It's really nice to be here. Good to speak to you. Good to see you virtually. Ni hao, I would like to say, with my rudimentary. Ni hao, ni hao. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, there's so much to talk about and, and you've done a range of things. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your background just to give people more context in terms of the things you've done and some of your personal and professional drivers? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Um, hi, hi, everyone who's listening. Uh, my name is Tia Hong. I am a Singaporean. I'm currently based in Singapore. Um, I am the founder of Turn Off Turn On Ventures, um, which it's not a it's not a venture capital fund. It's really a an an initiative of mine as an angel investor that's focused on very early stage investing in climate tech uh, startups. Um, this is a project that kind of started about two years ago, towards the tail end of the whole COVID saga, and it is a cycling tour, um, a bicycle cycling tour across Europe from Amsterdam um, all the way to Bulgaria, where I stop in the various cities and understand the ecosystems and meet um, founders and investors to really just want to be a better angel investor and um, to contribute to um, finding solutions in, in this whole climate change issue. Fantastic. And thank you for that introduction. And to give more context to our listeners who are global, What's the Singaporean scene like from, you know, an investing and from a technology standpoint? Yeah, of course. So Singapore is really one of the uh, innovation and technological hubs um, in Southeast Asia. I think it's it has a reputation as being one of the most expensive places to live. Um, it has its, its good reasons because, you know, we're a very small island country. We have to import a lot of our resources, including water and food. Um, so that adds to its reputation as well as being expensive. Um, but we've placed a lot of focus on R&D. I think in the recent years, there has been um, a big focus on food tech and agricultural tech um, to, to improve food security. Uh, more recently, there's the Singapore Green Plan, where there's a focus on renewable energy. Um, so we, we, do, we do attract a lot of uh, innovators and startup founders here. Um, and of course, we have our own onshore um, local innovators and, and founders. Um, it's it's a bustling space. I think there's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of programs um, supported, not just bottom up but top down. Um, if anyone is keen to visit and learn more, I'll be more than happy to 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 welcome anyone who's visiting um, and to bring you guys around. Thank you. You sound like a great ambassador for Singapore. One thing I do love. I've never been to Singapore, but I do recall um, my first role at at a large international bank and having to speak and work with colleagues who were. Raffles Link in Singapore and um, you know working across the London Singapore time zone and colleagues in in, in the US and in Singapore for me was quite eye-opening to to know that there was so much talent in investment banking technology at the time and uh, there was so much going on and I know that the the um, the, the financial services space and the cybersecurity space are also well developed um, subsectors within within that space. Um, is it the Monetary Authority of Singapore that has pretty much modeled one of the 
leading uh, fintech sandboxes. I think it, there's some cross-pollination uh, between the, the FCA sandbox in the UK and MAS. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. It is a MES uh, pro program or project uh, where there's quite a bit of sandboxing. I think it's not just uh, isolated to fintech as well. Uh, I think there are at least I I recall there's a Web three sandbox, um, I believe, and and also a lot of pilot programs, um, opportunities for um, more science based deep tech uh, ideas to come here for for pilots and trials. Fantastic. Do you mind sharing a bit more about your journey into? investing and, and your particular brand, your unique brand of investing, please. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, so I guess, you know, I think investing is, is a crucial part of how I grew up as a person. I, I, I first, first and foremost, I want to start to say that I think investing shouldn't be seen just as financial investing. I think investing is about um, making an active decision to put a resource into something and wanting to see a bit more coming out from that action. So that could mean time, investing in your body, in your health, investing in your knowledge as you grow as a person, reading books, meeting people. These are all various forms of investing. Um, that's something that I, I truly believe in sowing the seeds of putting upfront effort and, and conscious, um, consciously directing resources um, so that I can get a bit more for myself in the future, whether it's people, networks, education, or financial assets. So I think I, I really believed in this whole concept of investing since I was a teenager. and. You know, learning uh, from anyone is, is a big part of my character. You know, whether it's going to a restaurant and asking the chef, like, what makes this thing special? Or um, looking at someone build a house and says that, well, and, and ask, like, why do you do something a certain way? Um, asking questions is the way I invest because I invest time to, to get answers. Um, in terms of the, the more formal investing, I guess I started my career at BlackRock, uh, which is one of the world's, if not the world's biggest asset manager. Um, doing product strategy, which is this whole team that focuses on building out the next fund products in the future. Um, so it's, an, it's, it's very much a forecasting and foresight practice in saying what could be demanded in the future that can be delivered from us as an investor. Um, after that, I moved into the venture capital space, taking on a role at a, a local venture capital firm here in Singapore at Tanglin Venture Partners, um, doing a lot of deal sourcing, deal, uh, due diligencing, uh, and also a bit of portfolio management as well. Um, and finally, moving on to Turn Off Turn On Ventures, which was where I kickstart my own personal angel investing journey. Um, really a, a form of dedication to myself, investing in myself by saying that um, if I want to be a true investor, I need to be exposed to the downside risks, risks as well, not just the upside risks. And that means having skin in the game and being willing to take losses. Um, that was when I transitioned to being in... Uh, uh, an investor in angel rounds so that I can experience both the ups and the downs of being an investor. I love that that story. So from not just investing through your curiosity and questions, but that time, the efforts, the capital, more skin in the game, and then coming from your kind of BlackRock foundations to now running turn on, turn off ventures. And yeah, yeah. How do you find transactions or opportunities you decide to invest in? Actually, two parts. So first, how do you find deals or how do they find you? And also, what gives you that, what are the green flags you look out for with companies you then decide to back? What gives you that conviction that uh, they are companies that are worth getting more exposure to? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so let me answer the first part first, and if if I, if I miss out the second one, please remind me. Um, so the first question is is on deal sourcing, right? Like, where do I find these things? Um, honestly, you know, when I moved into being an angel investor, I have no no real brand uh, behind my myself. Um, so it's all cold. It's all going outbound and reaching out cold and speaking to founders and researchers and um, and, and, and those kind of incubators and accelerators and competitions and finding them off Google and, and LinkedIn and reaching out bit by bit to, to learn more about what they're doing. I think one thing that really helped me uh, when I started doing this kind of sourcing is that I'm always curious about what people are doing. I, I, don't, I don't reach out because there's a deal to be made. I reach out because something is interesting and I, there's something I don't know. And I want to, feel, to fill that knowledge gap. I think by filling... Um, by by bringing across the intention to learn, that's where people are open to say that, hey, like I, I sense his curiosity, and I want to answer those questions. It's refreshing. People are not just coming to me as an opportunity to make money. Um, he's asking actual questions about my technology that I spent ten years building, right? So the, um, that sense of curiosity and 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 being honest about what I don't know is probably one of the most helpful bits in finding opportunities. Um, and to be honest, it, it, it was an intention to learn as well, not the, the core intention to find opportunity. And that really helped me being honest to that. Um, as, as the brand kind of grew, I think it really helped in getting people interested in what I was doing. I think that the cycling tour bit was also what um, shared my personality with founders and with investors, saying that, hey, this person is actually putting in the effort to go to the doors of, of, of founders, go to the labs and go to their offices. Um, and he's, he's genuinely interested in what they are doing. So the, the genuine side of things really helped. And people then started reaching out to me and say, hey, I love that you, you knocked on the doors of founders and you spent time with them. I wish you passed through my country. Um, could we have a chat online? Um, so that kind of helped in scaling up a bit over time. Uh, but of course, I'm really early in my journey. I, I need to find the right method going forward. Um, but it is a unique path for, for, for myself, I must admit. Um, on the second part of the question, which is how do I decide on the right founders um, or the right companies? I, I guess I answered myself before I said the question. It is all about the founders. Um, at sort of very early stage, which uh, for myself, it's pre-seed rounds, or if not even earlier than pre-seed, the first check rounds with friends and family. Um, there's a lot of possibility and probability of the company pivoting, making changes to strategy, to product uh, in the next year or two, especially in climate tech, where, where um, you know, th th there's still a lot of development, product development to be made um, on, on a very physical level. So when I enter at such an early stage, founder quality is what I'm looking for, but that's also very generic, right? People say founder quality, but what is a high quality founder? Um, for me in climate tech, it's about three things. The first thing is, does this person actually have the, the, the hard knowledge of the science? Like how long has he been building this knowledge? Um, this is absolutely essential because there can be a lot of fluff in um, science when people don't understand it. And I am someone who doesn't completely understand it as well, right? So that links to my second point, which is neutral um, lear learnability, like this, this spirit of learning. There's probably no such word as learnability, but um, the willingness on both our ends to learn from each other and teach each other, that's, that's a good sign of um, 
flexibility and adaptability in a founder just from my interaction with them and seeing how they learn and how I learn. And finally, the third part, which is how good of the relationship can I build with this founder? As an investor, I prefer not. I prefer to have close engagements with my founders and have a good relationship. And therefore, I don't like to plug the, write the check and walk away. I try to support the founders as much as possible, which means that I need to be able to build a strong relationship with them in the long run. Uh, something that we can build off each other and support each other. Um, so those three things are absolutely essential when I make my decision making. And of course, then I layer on top of that, the typical investor um, metrics and requirements. That That's quite comprehensive. And I like that. The I think learnability should be a word if it isn't, or coachability. But I get what you're saying about that mutual learning and the ability to have a value exchange, right? So without that, it, it would be painful <laughs> and i find that comes with a foundation of of kind of trust and respect so it's finding those that are genuinely curious but also would value um what you bring to the table and with respect to the companies in your portfolio how long would you say because obviously you, you you cycle a lot that's part of your tour right um and we're going to talk about that in a second but how long would it take from the point of first getting to understand that opportunity exists build that build that relationship to actually placing capital uh, for, for your, your firm? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I kind of see it, I mean, it's always flexible, but for me, it takes about at least three months to build a good relationship. Um, and that means that I tend not to respond much very well to um, rounds that are like, we have one month left for trying to close the gap, you know, that kind of in opportunities. Um, I genuinely want to be able to spend time with the founders over a couple of months, understand the technology, ask all the stupid questions I need. Um, and it's a good sign, right? It's a good sign. If the founder lose, loses patience with me, then obviously we're not a good, a good fit. <laughs> so I would say three months is the minimum. Um, and then, you know, even right now, I'm speaking to a founder that I, I'm very close to, to, to um, investing in. And we... I kind of got to know him almost a year ago. So we've been talking all this time. No, I hear you. That things that can't be, you know, can't, can't be kind of sussed out in a few months. And I'm like you, I'm, when I speak to founders, I tell them I'm the worst angel investor because my average time is about a couple of years <laughs> to get to, and I don't lead with investing. I'm like, let's speak, let's see if we can add value as an advisor, see if we can help you support and grow your company. Because I'm not writing big checks, right? Just between 5, 20K GBP. And I'm thinking the big tickets that will come from the VCs would only come through if I have that conviction before I pass, you know, pass the opportunity to people within my network. So no, glad to hear that you echo some of, some of those thoughts. And I'm curious to know what some of the pluses and minuses of being a peddling investor are in your view. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Um, let, let's start with the, the minuses, right? Because that's very front of mind. Um, I, I think some context to set is that I'm not actually like a cyclist cyclist. I, I didn't go on a cycling tour because I love cycling and I have, you know, my, I love my bicycle and, and I, I know all the things about bicycles and it's my passion. Um, it's not. It, it actually came from a dream that I had 
a sleeping sort of dream where I dreamt that I was cycling and another cyclist came up and he was a founder and he shared his idea and I was like, hmm, something, something to consider. Um, so the minuses is that it's really, really bloody tiring to, to, to be on the road for seven, eight hours. And then um, I remember more than, a, more than a couple of days, I had to stop to take calls, right? To coordinate my meeting when I get into the city, who I'm meeting, um, speak to the startup for a first touch meeting. And I'm panting on the other side of the mic and he's telling me about his technology. Uh, so that's, it's not easy to, to have that separation uh, of, of the mindset. Um, the, an, another minus I would say is uh, it's a double-edged sword. I don't think it's, it's completely a minus, but it does get quite lonely, right? It's a six month journey on my end as a, a solo journey. Um, it's a, it's a very good practice to learn how to be alone and to find a value in that sort of isolated reflection. Um, it's not an easy process. It's not a process you get after a few nights or a few days. Uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience you build with every week, every month that you spend alone and you get a better understanding of yourself, which is a minus turned into a plus because the experience doesn't feel good but the return from the experience is it's highly valuable because you're, I'm comfortable with the uncomfortable. So that's moving into the pluses. Another plus is that um, I think it's, it's, it's a real blessing to be able to meet people in person after those few years of COVID. And that in-person connection just cannot replace the Zoom calls, right? I can have a meeting with a founder three, four, five times but when I meet them in person, they reflect a completely different spirit, a different part of themselves to me. Um, and that helps a lot in learning, not just about their startup or the deal, because that's ultimately, that's just work, right? A deal is a deal. You, you, you invest or you don't invest. But when you spend time with the person, with the family, and they introduce their friends and the ecosystem, and they talk about what life is like in their country, what startups are like in their country, what financing is like, you get a whole sense of um, culture and progression and opportunity at a country level, at a society level. And that's, those are the soft um, pluses that you cannot really measure um, without actually going through the experience. Um, and I think the final one is, is really like, obviously, obviously it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I'm blessed with as well, but the, the time spent to do something like that is, is and always will be a memory. The ups and downs, it's a good memory to share. It's a story that... Um, people can look to and I can talk about. And ultimately it's a story that I own myself having been through the whole process. And, and it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm really fortunate to be able to have such a story. And the final question for you, and just before I go to the final question, what you said is gold around that sort of alone reflection time. And it actually speaks to founders as well, not just investors, because that journey for founders has a lot of, draws a lot of parallels with that journey for investors. Um, but the final question for you, if you don't mind just highlighting um, some of the more, more interesting stories or, or trips you've had and the spaces that you're going to be cycling to next, just for our listeners to know where they can find you. Yeah, of course. Um, interesting stories. Well, let's start with a pain point. Uh, I think having, having a foot injury on a cycling tour is really um, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did have to spend, I think, my week in Berlin pretty much limping 
um, to about seven meetings a day. Uh, and what makes it more ironic is that I booked a capsule hostel where I sleep in a capsule <laughs> on the ground. So with an injured ankle, I have to crawl on my feet into that capsule every day and every every night when I go in and out. Um, in Chinese, they, they say, uh, uh, what was it? That means um, bad things happen in threes. And I'm like, well, that's the perfect example. Like it's all layered into one week in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously being able to get through that was a great experience as well. And it's something that I always kind of hold, uh, you know, like I can go back to the days where I'm like, no matter what, I'm going to crawl out of this capsule, brush my teeth and get to my first meeting, even if I only wear one shoe. Um, another another really memorable one was meeting um, Vasil Terziev, which is um, he's one of a, a really successful entrepreneur, exited entrepreneur in Bulgaria, um, based in Sofia. He's um, right now also an investor, a mentor to many startups. A lot of people look up to him. Um, I loved this honest moment that he had with me, which the, the main lesson was really like, there is no point beating yourself down and being mean to yourself. But it's so common in entrepreneurs to be really harsh on yourself, but that adds no value. And it's, it's a story. I mean, it's a lesson you can read off many, many books, but here's the differentiation, right? Hearing it from him. He told me that even for myself, it took me years, many, many years to come to that realization that there is no point being harsh to yourself. And that was very comforting to me because I think there are times where I'm very harsh on myself. And I always go back to that, to that line, to that interview that I had with him, um, where somebody so successful, having led one of the biggest exits in Bulgarian history, um, is telling me that, yeah, I, I'm harsh to myself too. And I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm learning. <laughs> I, I, I love that humility. Um, I, I hope to carry that with me, um, to build that and carry that within me as well. Um, and yeah, finally, what's next? Um, I am going on chapter two of Turn Off, Turn On Ventures, this time um, going through the Baltics, uh, not on a bicycle anymore, but a very similar sort of travel and engage process, um, going a bit in a colder time of the year. So, so cycling is probably not the best idea. Um, but yeah, I'm look, very much looking forward to discovering the Baltics, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Um, and yeah, looking forward to all founders. If you're hearing this at that point of time and I'm there, please do reach out, send an email, reach me um, on LinkedIn. Very, very happy to meet all of you. Brilliant. I'm afraid that's all we have time for, but thank you so much. Shia Shia. And it's been a real pleasure learning from you today. Thank you so much, Nzube. It's, it's a pleasure sharing. And to our audience, thank you for your attention. Please like, subscribe, share, and comment below. And until the next time, take care. Bye.